It's been called the quarantine 15 or even the COVID-19. Since the pandemic began, so many people have experienced an unintended consequence, weight gain. Hello and welcome to Living Well with Robin Stoloff, empowering you to live a healthier life. Today, we'll be talking with someone who knows all about helping people to lose weight. She's an online health and fitness coach, physical therapist assistant, TEDx speaker, author, and she's been featured in MSN, Bicycling, and Rachel Ray, and also Real Simple Magazines. Welcome, Nicole Simonin. Thanks so much for joining us. Hi, Robin. It is so nice to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Your claim to fame is helping women over 40 lose weight for the last time. And you work now virtually because, of course, of COVID. Tell us what you have seen since the pandemic began. I definitely see people who are stuck at home, (laughs) who are confronted with their refrigerators and pantries at all times, at all hours. Because when you're working at home, uh, you know, that refrigerator access is very, very easy. I have been joking sort of about socially distancing yourself from your refrigerator because that food is so available. And if you're not on a typical structure like you would be in a, you know, a work environment, that food is very tempting to go get even when you're not hungry. And I feel too that you know, I, we were talking offline about this is like the winter is hopefully coming to a close. But, you know, we've been in this pandemic for almost a year now. And I feel like people are kind of like, okay, the joke's over. Let's get on with life type thing. And um, I, yeah, people are, I think, just gravitating towards that food for comfort and for, you know, solving their emotional thoughts about COVID and what's going on for sure. Food is so much more than nutrition. If we all ate, you know, when we were just hungry and ate good food, we wouldn't have to even be talking about this, but we don't. Food is associated with feeling better or celebrating or there's so many emotions attached to our food. And that's why it can be difficult for people to lose weight because I think, one of the things we could do is just go online and get a diet. And if we all followed the diet, great, it'd be easy. But it's not that easy because of the emotional attachment to food. Talk to us about that and how you actually help your clients. Yeah, so even if you, you know, most people, they search online for diets all day long, thinking that it's going to be like the magic thing that magically transforms them into this lean, mean body that they are desiring. But what happens is, is, um, and I've done the research on all most of the diets that are out there, they are all so low calorie. And I mean, for me personally, I'm pretty short. I'm maybe 5'2 on a good day. And 1,200 calories is usually what most diets put you on. That is not sustainable even for me and my size. So I think that when you go into a diet like that, you expect this diet to kind of change your life. But you can't stick with that. Like, it's not realistic. Whenever I talk with clients, I'm like, if you're going to pick a diet or a meal plan or something like that, you need to basically be on it for the rest of your life. Because once you stop going on it, the weight is going to come back for sure. What the other end of the diet is, is that A lot of times, like if I mention the word diet to my clients or to people I'm talking to, the first thing they think of is restriction and sacrifice. And I have to force myself to eat this. I hate the word diet. The first 
three yeah. letters and the word diet is die. Die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, even like now, granted, most of us are not going out to eat, but you're you're very limited to the amount of foods that you can have most of the time on depending on what diet you choose. And, you know, the emotional part of that is like huge. And I don't think people are really aware of it because, you know, if you grew up in our generation, it was just assumed that you go on a diet in order to lose weight. It wasn't assumed that you listen to your hunger and satiety signals because they know better. The diet knows better. And when you go on a diet, there's this whole emotional roller coaster because if you quote unquote fail on the diet, now you are a failure because everybody else has all this other proof that, you know, diets work. Oh, yeah, and we they saw have the all before the and after pictures, so it must exactly. work. Exactly. <laughs> but what I want to ask people is, is when you look at those before and after, um, one of the things is when you look at them, a lot of times they're doctored mm-hmm. up, they're photoshopped. A lot of them, um, they're like, the before is actually the after, which is interesting. So, like, if you... Um, the person took a picture when they felt like lean or they looked lean and then they go and eat a bunch of food and then they take the before picture later. <laughs> That's unbelievable. And it puffs them up. Yeah. Yes. And now granted, I mean, there are some extreme ones where they're losing hundreds of pounds and things like that, but um, really question that the validity of the pictures you're looking at, but also where are they now? If you look at biggest loser, the show that was on years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how many years. I'm dating myself here. But um, <laughs> when you look at that show, how many of those people kept the weight off? That is true. I mean, they're in an enclosed environment with trainers yeah. and with, you know, people, dietitians, and everybody catering to their every right, needs. Right. When you get yeah, out into the real world, right, what do you do? How do you do it? So talk to yeah. us about that. Like, how what, do you, what do you do to help your your clients live in this real world, eat a normal, healthy type of nutrition plan, we'll call it nutrition plan instead of diet, and, right, and, right. And, and, and able to not feel deprived and yet not be, have that feeling of just, you know, having to suck in to zip up your pants or when you just feel that extra layer of fat on yourself. Nobody, nobody likes that. Nobody wants that. But, you know, on the other end of the coin, you don't have to eat, be a skinny mini either. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, So here is what I talk to my clients about most of the time is we never do anything unless you have a thought about it and whether you're or not do anything, you know, depending on what you're thinking, you don't take action unless you think about what you're doing and whether that's on a conscious level or a subconscious level. So all of your actions that you are taking are coming from some sort of thought or feeling that you're having. And depending on what they are will determine the outcome of the actions that you take. So, for instance, if someone is on a diet and their thoughts are, I need to restrict, I need to sacrifice, um, I need to force myself to do this, generally speaking, you're going to feel like crap. You're not going to want to do this. Like Mm -hmm. you're going to feel miserable. You're going to feel defeated even before you start. Like you're coming from a negative space. So the results are going to be, yes, you may lose weight, but chances are you're going to gain that right back. And when you look at 
weight loss in a different perspective. And it's not like happy Pollyanna thoughts. It's not like we're putting a positive, you know, magic fairy dust on everything. It's not that, but it's looking at like, okay, why do I want to lose weight? What's the driving reason behind it? Is it because I hate my body or is it because I love my body and I want to really fuel it and sustain it and be nice to my body? And I think as women in general, we tend to like want to abuse our our body in a sense because we don't feel like we're good enough. It's so a shame. Society has yeah. you know, that's why I don't even look at beauty magazines. It's just you can't compete with that. <laughs> it's just not it's not worth it and it just makes you feel bad, you know. And most right. of the time these girls are twenty years old and they're skinny. But it's just really hard. And especially as you get older, uh, you're younger than I am, but it's 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 difficult. And our society puts so much emphasis. I was just talking with someone about this, so much emphasis on youth, beauty, being thin being in shape that it can play head games with you if you're not living up to that. Right. Um, I think too, going back to what you're saying about looking at fashion model or fashion magazines and things like that. I know we just talked about like, you know, the before and after same thing. These, these people are generally photoshopped most of the time, but also you don't know their backstory. So like you could look at someone and I hate to use this example, but Jane Fonda, you know, she was admired for Mm -hmm. her, exercise and here she was anorexic and I don't know if she was bulimic or not so don't call me on that but <laughs> but she had an eating disorder yeah so, so you don't know you, you don't yeah, know their like, story you don't know their backstory and you know I think too as women there there are standards that we put on ourselves that we're supposed to look a certain way that we're supposed to act a certain way and you know I, I just think Getting in touch with what you want out of your life. What standards do you want to have to live your life? Those, and that when you start looking internally in it, it's so much easier to kind of be like, I know it sounds simplistic, but it's like, okay, I don't necessarily want to eat that cookie. I could eat that cookie, but maybe I'd, I don't want to. <laughs> you know, right. it's really making choices because you always have an option. That is true. And do you find that when you start to work with your clients that it's not just all about the weight gain to look good, but it's also they want to feel better. They want to be able to be more active with their children or with their grandchildren. Do you find that their mindset changes a bit uh, and gets away from appearance? Yeah, absolutely. I think when you're over 40, you tend to start looking long-term, you know, like what's going to happen in the future. And most of the women that I talk to, they just want to be healthier. And the thing is, is that when you become healthier, it's naturally a byproduct that you look leaner and, and thinner and all the things that we want. And I think, again, that's where that mindset kind of tweak is, is that if you're constantly focusing on a scale number or a dress size, it's it's not as motivating like internally rather than looking at like I want to be healthy. I want to be the healthiest version of me and what that looks like to you. How do you help people break negative habits? One of the habits could be, you know, picking when you're bored or eating in the evening. A lot of my friends tell me they drink a couple glasses of wine at night just to wind down. And I have a rule. 
I only drink in my house if it's a special occasion because that you can go down that rabbit hole easily. So <laughs> I'll have a glass of wine if it's, you know, Christmas dinner or whatever it is, but I do not go near. That could be a real problem. And there are a lot of people that do have some problems, especially right now during COVID. I've, I've interviewed people who've talked about the increase in alcohol use right now. And that mm-hmm. can be an yeah. issue when it comes to being healthy. And of course, it's an obstacle in, in weight loss. Absolutely. So with habits, I feel like everybody's talking about habits right now. And it's not that I think habits aren't important, but habits come from a thought that you have. (laughs) So if you remember a couple minutes ago, I said everything that we do comes from a thought and a feeling that you have. And you can have habits that eventually become just natural. But like, think about why you're doing that habit. And you know, a lot of people are like, well, just replace the habit. It's, it's not that simple. You have to have a reason why you're replacing that habit and how it's going to integrate into your life. It's, it's like starting a diet. You can't start a diet and say, this is going to be my new habit when it, you're motivated by, you know, hating your body and wanting to be a size zero. You need to have it motivating you from, I love my body and this is what I want to do because this is how I want to be healthy. Um, as far as like alcohol and things like that, like, so for you, you have made a decision that that is not an option for you to have alcohol other than on a special occasion. And sometimes people have to get to the point where they're like, I just don't eat cookies anymore or whatever. Like I have a relative who was overweight for the longest time and she decided she was not going to eat sugar anymore. And she lost a bunch of weight. She's kept it off. But she also, talking to her, she has a fear about eating sugar. She's afraid that if she eats sugar again, she's going to gain it all back. Mm -hmm. Which is sort of a phobia in another way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, I love to get my clients to the point where, like, if anybody's ever listened to my podcast or or talked to me, they know that I have, like, this kryptonite for donuts, yeah, I saw that. I actually saw, donut. I actually heard one of your podcasts, which is funny because that is not my drug of choice. I am not a I would go for ice cream, not not the donut, okay. but we all have one. We all have one. Right. But the donuts would like seriously talk to me and call to me. I felt so controlled by that powdery sugary donut that this inanimate object mm-hmm. for the longest time, but like Now that I'm on the other side and I've done the mindset work and I've done the thought work that I needed to do on myself, like my husband for the past three weeks has been bringing home those types of donuts and I have not had any desire to touch them, to look at them, nothing. And it's because I've done the work. So like I want to get my clients to the point where they can walk into a room of their filled with their favorite foods and they can choose whether they want to eat that food or not, not feel like they're compelled or they're restricting or they need willpower to like get through the next hour before they leave that room of, of delicious yumminess, you know? And I think that's the biggest thing with the mindset. It takes a lot to get there though, doesn't it? I mean, you got to really work at that. Yeah. It depends on the person. Sometimes it just clicks. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's like, like when I work with clients on mindset work, you know, I kind of relate it to like an onion. We're all so different and unique. We all have so many different layers of, you know, what are, are not that I'm diving into like your childhood, that kind of thing, but like 
the way you grow up. Like some people's parents would reward them with food when they did a good job on a test or something like that. And there's so many layers. So it just depends on the person and how far off they are from, you know, what they want to achieve. So again, talking about thoughts, the, you have a thought that it takes a long time to fix that. <laughs> and yes. it may not. Right. Well, I would, you know, that's funny because I do, I love ice cream. I love, a, you know, a soft serve. I love <laughs> uh-huh. hard ice cream. So the way that I deal with that is I just don't buy ice cream because I feel like it would be like, <laughs> Robin, I'm in the freezer mint chocolate chip yeah. you love it and i would love to have mint chocolate chip in my freezer and not have it call out to me or not have me even think about it and that's a hard place to get to because i enjoy it it's something i really like but i know that it's probably not the best choice for me of course you can have an ice cream every now and then but i don't have it in my house <laughs> because i i just would find it too tempting yeah we need to talk probably yes <laughs> we do we, I want to hear how you overcame your donut addiction and you can talk to me about my ice cream addiction <laughs> I know it's not easy it's not easy these are ingrained in us so you're right you do need to change your thinking and I love the whole point about thinking before you do something if you're planning to do it if you're going to grab that cookie or whatever it is why are you grabbing it just think it to yourself mm. and mm-hmm. if you still yeah. say I don't care and I want to have it, then you know what? Then maybe your mind isn't right quite where you want it to be yet. But, you know, and there's going to be setbacks. I'm sure you have had people that have had setbacks. Well, I tell clients to, like, for instance, if they say they have a birthday party, um, say it's their birthday, and normally they would have maybe, say, three pieces of cake. If next year at your birthday you had two pieces of cake, you are doing fantastic. You know, like, so each time you go in, and of course it depends on what they're thinking about. Are they thinking like, oh my gosh, I can't have three. Um, It's really, it's the mindset part, which Mm -hmm. is so amazing to me. But like, so when people come to me, I, one of the first rules is, is no foods are off limits. That's good. And people stare at me like I'm crazy. (laughs) Like, you're not going to give me a diet? What do you mean? What are the foods that I can't eat? And I'm like, no, you can eat everything. Because you know why? As soon as you tell someone you cannot have that. We're human beings. Want we want it. Yep. That's yes. exactly and, right. And <laughs> they'll resist for a week or two, maybe. And then, like, for instance, for your ice cream, if I told you that, you would go search in a five-mile radius and buy all the mint chocolate ice cream you could find <laughs> and eat it. Because <laughs> I'm not letting this diet control me. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. And there's this whole mentality, too, of, like, I call it the Last Supper Syndrome. You know, right before you go on a quote-unquote diet, all of a sudden you want to eat everything because on Monday, usually, mm-hmm. you're not allowing yourself to eat anything. Diets always start and, on a Monday and end on a Friday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you have your last supper on Sunday. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. And you also, obviously, you work out with people as well. We didn't even get to that part of it. So what do you do with them? So now that I'm virtual, um, before I used to, ha- I have a studio at my house and I would have people do private training with me. But now that COVID has happened, I have pivoted for sure. And um, everything is online. And I have an app that I use that I customize everyone's, their, each client's program is in their app and it's delivered to them. Um, they can do it at any time they like. If they have questions on like form or, you know, if I, I hear in their voice that they're a little question on like how to do something, we do a video exchange where they videotape themselves, say doing push-ups. They send it back to me. I critique it. 
I send them a video on corrections on how to do it. So the fact that that can happen virtually is amazing to me because back in 2006 when I started, I did online training and it was not the technology that we have today for sure. So I love that I can interact with anybody pretty much. If you have an internet connection, I can help you. Um, it, it's a, it's, it is amazing what we can do today. I mean, work online, Absolutely. school online. Mm-hmm. It's a double-edged sword because we miss exactly. the human contact and interaction. But it's where we are right now. And in some cases, you know, once hopefully COVID ends, uh, you may have people that still want to do it online. They may say, I don't feel like driving. Or if you can do it this way, let's just do it this way. Or maybe they're out of your area. So in some ways, it can be a positive. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I love doing it online because... Getting back to, you know, what we were originally talking about, too, is um, you can have the quote-unquote perfect gal, but if you don't do it, you're not going to succeed. And that's really where the mindset part comes in. And, you know, when I work with clients, we do a a Zoom call basically each week, and that's where we talk about what they're struggling with, what their successes are, what the mindset process is. And um, it's it's really – I love that aspect of – adding that into my program because I just see the difference in my clients. Once they get the mindset down, you know, the workouts and the, and the food are so much simpler. Yes. It's really a necessity because you have to have that psychological piece in place or as, as we said, you can lose some weight on a diet, but nothing's really changed in your brain, in your mind and and you won't stick with it in the future. And you also, you wrote a cookbook. Just tell us briefly about that. I did. um, I came out last mother's, day on the beginning of COVID, ironically enough, but it's called the No Fuss, No Mess, Shape It Up Cookbook. Disclaimer, this is not for anyone that wants to be an iron chef. So if you were like a culinary (laughs) master, I would, you can absolutely get it, but I, it probably won't be your flavor. Um, But it's definitely for the non-chef who wants quick meals, minimal cleanup, because I hate doing dishes and cleaning Mm -hmm. up a lot of dishes. And a smaller waistline. So you can definitely find that at Amazon.com, um, hardback and the ebook version. And it's also in Barnes and Nobles in ebook version as well, too. You are doing such great things. I know you did a TEDx talk. I mean, you really are. And I have to say, just a little shout out to you as well. You are the one that inspired me to start my own podcast. You like, pick a date. <laughs> you have to do it this day. Stop. Don't just, you know, there's no such day in the week as someday. And I really, really <laughs> appreciate that because it's a lot to start a podcast and to do this sort of thing. It, it's, it takes more work than people might even realize I love it but I might not have even done it if you had not pushed me to do it Nicole so I really do appreciate that I really do oh no problem yeah I think I was your first guest I think you were my first guest and now I'm finally having you back on and you do your podcast video wise I am not there yet I may get there but you know being on tv for 30 years I know the lighting and the makeup and the hair I know what that's all about I like being in my yoga pants with my hair right right (laughs) it's kind of nice. <laughs> so maybe someday we'll get to that part of it. But where can people find you if they're interested in your services? Um, you can find everything at shapeitupfitness.com. Um, if anybody is interested in jumping on a free phone consult with me, um, we're going to talk about what you're struggling with, what you want to see happen. I'm going to help you by pointing out some things that I see that you might be missing, um, regardless of whether you know you decide to work with me or not you are going to walk away from the call with some more insight on how to lose weight. Um, and you can request that at shapeitupfitness.com slash 
call, C-A-L-L at the end. I will put that in the show notes. Nicole Simonin, you are awesome. Thank you so much (laughs) for sharing your unbelievable, terrific advice and great experience. We certainly do appreciate it, and I'm sure we'll be talking again. Oh, thank you so much for having me again, Robin. I love talking to you, and if I can help anybody out, I am all for it. Oh, well, thank you again for being with us, and thank you for joining us for Living Well with Robin Stoloff, empowering you to live a healthier life. Be sure to subscribe, and you will be notified when our newest episode comes out. And until next time, please stay safe and keep living well.